We've seen in the news many private companies uh, announcing plans for space tourism. It also includes Amazon CEO Jeff Bezos' Blue Origin. The company uh, recently revealed the date for the upcoming civilian space travel schedule, and many are excited to see how maybe we will see a resurgence in sort of the popularity of space tourism. It is still quite cost prohibitive. Most of us will not be able to afford uh, a spot on uh, this flight. But as it gets more and more popular, perhaps it can also get more uh, mainstream. So to find about uh, Blue Origin's upcoming trip and what the prospects are for space tourism, we're very pleased to be joined by Professor Wendy Whitman Cobb, Professor of Strategy and Security Studies at the U.S. Air Force School of Advanced Air and Space Studies at Maxwell Air Force Base. Hello. Hi. Professor, thank you so much for joining us. Um, so the Blue Origin uh, announcement that they're going to launch on uh, July 20th, could, could you just walk us through what, what their plans are? Sure. Uh, on their New Shepard rocket, it's a suborbital rocket, which means that you're not actually going to go high enough or fast enough to get into Earth orbit, but you will get high enough to pass the Kármán line, which is the, one of the d- distinguishing lines between Earth's atmosphere and space. So it's the place where there's not enough atmosphere for a regular plane um, to fly in. So we consider that the the beginnings of space. You're going to go high enough um, to reach space, just not far enough to get to orbit. Um, You'll spend about five to six minutes uh, with zero G, and then the capsule will return to Earth for Mm. about some total, about 15 minutes uh, on that trip. From what we understand with NASA and astronauts, and even here in Korea, we had one uh, person who made history uh, going into space, uh, and it was a very kind of competitive and uh, very difficult process, and the training on um, getting a person ready to to go into space seems quite intense. What sort of training would, would the crew have to go through for this type of flight? For Blue Origin's flight and for Virgin Galactic, um, they are going to have a similar thing. It's that very minimal training. Uh, Mm. Blue Origin is planning on providing about two days' worth of training uh, ahead of time. Now, for orbital trips, trips that actually do go into Earth's orbit, like SpaceX is planning, their their training is going to be a little bit more substantial. Um, But if you're just going up on this suborbital trip, a couple days of training um, should do it. Uh, There will be people there who will be controlling and, and there to walk you through it. Um, so they'll have that assistance on board along with a couple days' worth of, of knowledge and, and practice. Now, uh, f- from what we understand, the uh, the new Shepard rocket is dis- designed to take passengers to the so-called Carmen line for us non-scientists. Could you explain um, why that is significant? Yeah, so, you know, it's really interesting, this question of where does space begin? Um, as we know, the atmosphere... It, it, it just kind of sort of thins out the higher that you go. Mm. Um, So this has actually been a a question that a lot of uh, people have thought about. How high do you have to go to actually be in space? Um, So this is one of those distinctions where um, if you have enough atmosphere, uh, the wings of a plane can grip onto it, and and that's how you fly. That's how you actually, you know, on on a commercial airplane um, that's how you're actually flying. But once you get to a point where there's not enough atmosphere, not enough air to support that, um, you're technically in space. So it's a totally different area, aerodynamic process of flight that's going on. Um, so that's the line at which that starts to happen, where there's just simply not enough atmosphere to sustain winged flight. 
and technically you are in space. The kind of, I guess, headline-grabbing attention way that the media has reported this, and I guess uh, of public interest, is the fact that this is a pet project of Jeff Bezos himself, and the speculation of whether he will actually join this crew uh, since one seat is being auctioned online. Um, I I know this is all speculative, but uh, what do you understand about his um, personal interest in this, uh, not just this particular flight, but obviously with the overall program? Overall, he's incredibly interested and invested uh, in spaceflight in Blue Origin. Uh, When he was in college, he was very inspired uh, by one of his professors, Gerard O'Neill, who wrote this book called The High Frontier about colonizing space. And so from that time, we we know that Jeff Bezos has been really, truly inspired um, to sort of create this vision of colonization off Earth and thereby protecting Earth, um, treating it more as a natural park and moving a lot of heavy industry and manufacturing off Earth. Um, so he is, as you said, very interested. He has said that he would, let, he will go on a flight at some point. Hmm. I don't think it'll be this one. I, he said it you know, probably won't be the first one, but I do anticipate that he will be on a flight in the future. And that is um, interesting in the sense that it sort of distinguishes what he's doing and, and maybe this image of being more hands-on than let's say, Elon Musk, and with all of the uh, SpaceX initiatives, which most people would feel is a little bit more advanced from what Blue Origin is doing so far. Uh, As you well know, there has been much made about this uh, so-called rivalry between um, um, Bezos and Musk on a wide variety of fronts, but especially with space travel. Uh, Some might say, well, you know, it's it's fun to gossip about it. But overall, would you say that kind of competition is good because it does breed sort of this kind of maybe one-upsmanship, but at the same time, it does kind of help breed more innovation? Absolutely. Uh, Competition, particularly between uh, Bezos and Musk, is incredibly important. Uh, Musk does have a similar sort of inspirational mission. I mean, he they have different ways of carrying it out. Musk sees we need to believes we need to make humanity a multiplanetary species, right. and that's how we save um, humans. So, I mean, I think he's as invested and as hands on. I actually think he's probably been more hands on than Jeff Bezos, who mm. has been serving as CEO of Amazon until just recently. I anticipate that Bezos will be more hands on now that he's sort of freeing up his time. Um, but I absolutely think this comp- the competition between them um, has been absolutely pivotal in pushing both um, towards these different innovations, towards making spaceflight cheaper. And by making spaceflight cheaper, you're making these sorts of strides space tourism possible. Um, yes, it is still going to be incredibly expensive, but it's no longer as expensive as it used to be. Yeah, and so if we walk back, it's, it's not like the technology wasn't necessarily there for space tourism. And if you were, I guess, a multimillionaire and, and you had a few million to, to spend, you could probably get yourself a, a, a spot on, on these various rockets uh, for some kind of orbital flight. Um, but no individual, I guess, no um, private citizen has visited space since 2009. So we're talking about well over a decade. Blue Origin is going to be uh, changing that. In your view, in, in terms of civilian space travel, um, why is that long-term important? And do you think that we will eventually get to some semblance of uh, economies of scale in, in providing this that the average layperson could uh, one day have a, have a chance to um, travel to space within our lifetime? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, so part of this is, te- you know, we've always sort of had technology to, to go up in the space, obviously. We're not sort of changing the route how mm-hmm. we get there. Um, what Bezos and Musk have been doing is introducing the reusability component. Um, so they're, it's able to turn over a lot faster, um, use the same equipment. You're not throwing away a rocket every time. Um, so that's made space flight cheaper, way more accessible. Yes, it's still, you know, fairly expensive for a, a trip on Blue Origin or Virgin Galactic. It's going to probably be at least a quarter of a million dollars. For SpaceX, it's a, a, still a couple million. Um, but, you know, this interest is really intriguing today. Even um, the Russian Space Agency announced that they're going to have two dedicated uh, tourist flights coming up. So while we haven't seen anybody going up from, since 2009, this year alone, um, we're looking at a SpaceX mission in September, two Soyuz missions, and then next January, uh, another SpaceX mission to the International Space Station. Hmm. So it's this accessibility um, that's really driving this. And it is important um, for bl- both Blue Origin and SpaceX to demonstrate that spaceflight can be routine, it can be reliable, and it can be safe, um, because that's really key to their long-term futures and how to get people, how to get humanity out into space or to Mars. Hmm. is to demonstrate that this is inherently safe, reliable, and overall normal. Yeah, uh, hopefully uh, that day will come sooner rather than later. Professor Wendy Whitman-Kopp, thank you so much for joining us and uh, appreciate your insights. My pleasure. Thank you for having me.